Hello and welcome back to another episode of Geeking Out Over Star Wars. My god, it's been a long time. Um, my name is Zachary, and as always, and I can say as always because it's only been, it's, it's now been, or what, this is our seventh episode, Shamari. What's up, dude? Yes, uh, not much, just uh, we actually have quite a bit to talk about, of course, so so a lot, a lot going on in, in the Star Wars world, which is always exciting. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we have uh, quite a bit to go through. So, I mean, there's some, some talking about some books, uh, talking about some, uh, Bad Batch, which I haven't really, I don't think I've, I've spoken to you about how you feel about that yet. So that's pretty, uh, no, we have not, exciting. so we need to, yeah. Uh, we know, yeah, it's, we've got a lot to go over. And so while we always hoped we would do this show like every other week, um, by letting things pile up and we're just so busy, it's kind of nice when we kind of just go over everything at the same time instead of trying to spread it out, um, which which is fun. Uh, before we get into that, though, what have you been up to? What's going on? What's uh, Star Wars, not Star Wars? Talk to me, man. Yeah, so, uh, so of course, I've, I've, I've just been very busy um, with uh, other podcasts, which, of course, I have other podcasts um, with the uh, New Generation Podcast Network. I'm feeling the love. Thank um, you. <laughs> uh which i have to bring you on my show uh, that has to happen soon as well um but uh but yeah i mean i've been busy with that busy with uh, you know of course working and other things as well in school there's a lot of stuff going on so so why part of the reason we haven't been able to do the show uh as much um or as frequently as we would like to um but i've just been very busy uh with that and with um uh, just in terms of Star Wars stuff, watching a lot of Bad Batch, reading, uh, going through a lot of these books, Victory's Price, and then the Thrawn novel, which I'm excited to talk about as well. Um, so yeah, just a, a lot of stuff, a lot of content, <laughs> uh, and a lot of interesting like superhero content too. Which, not to go too in, too much into that, but that show Invincible on Amazon is really good. Oh yes, it uh, is. Yeah, so I highly recommend that. I actually haven't finished it, but but uh, but yeah, that's that's really good as well. So. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff uh, coming out, which is really awesome. Uh, since you went outside our galaxy for over here, um, I will definitely say also, I've been super busy um, in terms of work and school and all that stuff. Um, but also recently, the Mass Effect Legendary, Legendary Edition came uh, out, yes. um, yep. and that's that's like right below yep. Star Wars in terms uh, of fictional yep. universe. Well, not like right below, a little farther below. Um, but in terms of like second fictional property, it's Mass Effect. Um, and I have been, I just outright last week, I finally got off from internship. So went right through that first game better nice. than I remembered. Now I'm in the second one, full on masterpiece. So I will totally plug, like you plugged Invincible, which is amazing, by the way. Um, and I would love yeah. to do something and talk about that at some point also. Uh, but this is not the show for that. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. If you have not had the chance to ever play Mass Effect before, this is the chance. It's, it's, it's just so good. Uh, it's so good. And that's, that's eating up my time. Um, it's also probably eating up my time because for me, while you're reading Thrawn, I don't really have much of the Star Wars content I'm taking in is, is Bad Batch. So it's a, it's a little bit of a dose, um, week to week, which has been great. And we'll talk about that. Um, but, but yeah, not as much Star Wars content for me. You also have to get, um, from a certain point of view as well. I do. You calling me out and I didn't get to it. (laughs) Yeah. I said, I, I said, I do it. I lied. Everyone can call me on my stuff. That's fine. You can call me on my bull. I totally lied. 
I wanted to. I, I promise you I wanted to. And it just, it was one of those things. I got so busy. I got much busier after we recorded the right. last episode than I thought I would get. And I was like scrambling to, to finish things, a couple of things for work on time. And so I just, I just didn't. So I'm going to avoid making any kind of like false promises now. And I'm going to say, hopefully <laughs> sure. we get, I get to get there at some point, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to make any false promises. <clears throat> um, all right, so we, uh, as as you said, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, we're going to talk about the Bad Batch, uh, the last first four episodes, four out of sixteen. We're going to talk about Victory's Price, long overdue conversation, um, but one that uh, it was a, it, it's a good trilogy, and I like the way it ended, and I'm I'm, I'm glad we get to talk about it. Um, we'll talk about a lot of the releases uh, that are coming up soon, right? As we head into the summer, High Republic starts to ramp up again, starting in June. Um, but before all that, sometimes we like to have a, a news segment. Let's, let's, let's put it in quotes because it's not something that's, you know, legit for us. But, um, mm-hmm. I say the biggest thing that's happened recently, uh, or that came out is that the reports of the angel eight, oh, wow. Hello. Agents of the new Republic show at Lucasfilm is no longer going forward. Um, and I'd have to presume this is because of the Gina Carano controversy. That's that's what I would assume as well. Um, I mean, I was heavily speculating, and my, and my younger brother kind of was as well, that that Gina that show was going to be heavily centered around her, and uh, her and potentially others. You know, maybe we're gonna gonna get other. Um, kind of New Republic people that we haven't seen yet, like Hera and maybe others as well. Um, but uh, but that's just that was just at this point, I believe that was more speculation. But but with her just being not involved at all now, um, I don't know. It's it seems to really fit into place that her exit is just kind of coinciding with the the end of this show. It, I have a feeling this probably ended. Like right when she was let go. Yeah, the they... timing's too. The timing's too too coincidental. Yeah. To be a coincidence, or that. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It has. It has to be. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's bittersweet, right? So obviously, yeah. I mm-hmm. we we both talked on this show about the firing. We believe that it was well right. within their rights. Um and right. and you just have to watch yourself when you're posting things on social media, um, yep. but. I, I guess I'm slightly bummed, not slightly bummed, because we're getting so much so much Star Wars content on Disney Plus, but uh, slightly because when Kathleen Kennedy was talking about these projects, Ahsoka, the Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian, and Agents of the New Republic, they're talking about this like massive crossover event that everything will kind of culminate towards. They were, yeah. Um, and yeah. that that's exciting, right? Because it's like building your own little. Um, with no more no more trilogies going on anymore in, in theatrical mm-hmm. releases and whatnot, to kind of have that kind of mini corner universe be built up is it's yeah. that's enticing. That's that's exciting. That's something to kind of build towards. Um, and like you said, those those rumors that we would get someone like Harris and Dula and other members, other Star Wars characters that we haven't gotten to see um, in live action, and this was like the perfect vehicle for it. Yep. Um, that's to say these are reports. We haven't heard anything official from Lucasfilm. No state like no official statement has been made. Mm-hmm. Um so right. we don't know exactly what's happening. Maybe it's delayed, maybe it's being retooled, right? So that they can keep going with the idea, but they centered around someone else. 
because I, I, I would feel that the story they're telling and with the kind of character she is, I don't think she's completely essential and that you might be able to swap someone out. Like maybe you have to have time to rework the show and rewrite it a bit, but you would be able to swap the character out. Right. Um, Yeah. That's just my take. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would have, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I would hope so, but I, it, yeah, it's really hard to say. I mean, without, without seeing whatever they were, they were planning to write though. Honestly, Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune wasn't, you know, some kind of, she wasn't, she was a character you could have kind of filled in a lot of other people with, I think like a lot of other rebel people. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Really anyone. So, yeah. So I don't know. I I kind of agree. Like I would think, yeah, I mean, you probably could have, you know, found a way to put somebody else in that spot, but, but I don't know. I mean, you know, like you said, I feel like that was geared to that show was kind of made for her kind of, kind of sort of. So, um, so I think them canning it, you know, I, I think it's it, and they do have a lot of other stuff. So I understand if if them canning it kind of makes sense for for a bunch of different reasons. Maybe there was another show they were considering, but that took its place or something like that. So I feel like there there are several different Since things um, or several different reasons. Um, so yeah, it's it's it is very unfortunate. Though also another thing, and not to not to kind of crash. I know we didn't talk about this before, but another bit of news as well is: Did you hear about the Dave Filoni promotion, quote unquote? I did. Um, yes, I did. And yeah. I was promotion, quote unquote. I like that you said because I because I had also seen that it's not necessarily a promotion, like it didn't just happen, right, or yeah. or anything, but that it does kind of confirm that we're we're they are making sure that Dave Filoni has like a very high creative has high creative power at Lucasfilm. Yes. Yes. Which, which I love personally. Um, I think a lot of star Wars fans do. Centuries. Um, so yeah, I don't know for me, that's, that's kind of the biggest, uh, news, I guess for me is that they're there. And this was in place apparently since like last summer. So this was done a long time ago. Um, but either way, it's, it's very exciting. And um, and I, f- I feel like we're starting to see the effects of that with things like the Bad Batch and, uh, you know, this I think even this Ahsoka show uh, we're getting and others we're starting to see the effects of him having that greater creative control. Um, and it's just really exciting. I think he would do great in a, a Kevin Feige type position for uh, yeah. Star Wars. And that's not to say just live action, right? I think it's kind right. of because Star Wars is so multifaceted and it's going in so many different mediums um, yep. to kind of have him to oversee and tie it all together along with the story group, making sure the things mostly because they're going to work on the print side of stuff um, is able right. to kind of tie together. He does serve that role perfectly. He knows Star Wars so well. Um, so I think Lucasfilm is making the right decision. Kathleen Kennedy is making the right decision. This is something we've been calling for for years. I mean, you and I, uh, some of our, our favorite canon material is the Clone Wars, right? Exactly. It's, it's, and that's, I've been saying that since 2012, 2011, uh, when, when Clone Wars was at, at its height. So, um, this is, this is definitely a welcome sight to see. Uh, the man understands Star Wars better than most. Like, I, 
I don't know if you saw that may he in one of the making of episodes for the Mandalorian um, where he kind of talks about the thematic um, undertones of Phantom of uh, of the Phantom Menace um, and what it you know the actual messaging and I won't go to the whole thing here but I like I was like I wasn't even looking at it like that and I've never seen the movie like that and it kind of just opens yeah. my eyes completely and you and this guy knows George like exactly yeah. He knows George. He worked with George. People don't give George Lucas enough credit for the Clone Wars because for those first five, six seasons, uh, George Lucas was in the room every day. Exactly. Like every day that they were coming up with these stories and writing things out, George Lucas was there. He doesn't get enough credit for it. So you want to, if you, so many people with the sequel trilogy are so upset that, you know, George Lucas should have been, you know, involved in the world building. It's not, you know, it doesn't feel as authentic to Star Wars. This is about as close to authentic as you're going to get while still feeling fresh, right? This is, this is, he's, he was right next to the master Lucas while, but also taking this in a, in a cool direction while like feeling new, but feeling authentic. So this is the perfect position for him to be in 100%. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And like you said, we have been, I feel like we've been, like you said, we've been saying for years, really. Um, I mean, honestly, and I hate to kind of go th- this far back, but really since the since Disney got Star Wars, uh, oh yeah, from, from for sure. He bought Lucasfilm. People have been saying, "Oh well, I want Dave Filoni <laughs> because the Clone Wars is so great that you know he should be, you know, he's kind of the best the best creative mind that we know of." I mean, J.J. Abrams is doing Force Awakens, and that was really exciting. So we were wondering how that was going to be. Um, you know, and that was good, but, but, you know, the sequel trilogy kind of, kind of went off the rails and, you know, not going to dig, dig that up again, but it, it was just, I think at this point in time, it just makes the most sense to have him kind of running the ship creatively. And, uh, I think this is going to, I think this is going to, this is going to really pay off a lot, I think for Lucasfilm and for the fans, honestly. I think that with, um, well, first off, there's actually that uh, there's and we won't talk about it, but that um, that quote, I think J.J. Abrams from yesterday said that, you know, he regrets that there wasn't a plan going into Star Wars. You know, looking back, going into the sequel trilogy, like they really needed a plan. Um, uh, I have my own thoughts on that, because obviously, yes, they needed a plan. But also, why throw out everything Ryan Johnson was doing when he was just answering the mystery boxes that you set up? Um, <laughs> but but people at the very beginning when we were talking about Dave Filoni being like they wanted him to be in charge of everything like kick out Kathleen Kennedy Dave Filoni um, should be in charge of all of it and like the only thing I'll say to that is I don't have this overwhelming disdain for Kathleen Kennedy that so many people seem to have she has done her job like a producer's job is to get the right people on board and to make money right that is that is literally the producer's job that is what she has been in the movies industry going back for decades. And she did exactly that. That's why Force Awakens, through all the Star Wars movies, they're some of the top-grossing movies of all time. right? And Star Wars will always right. do that because it's, it's, it's the brand. But at the same time, you're bringing in the right people, bringing in the right actors, getting the right creative people behind the scenes to make a movie that's going to be successful. If everybody hated The Force Awakens, like straight-up hated it and it bombed with 35%, it wasn't going to make $2 billion dollars. Like that, that just wasn't going to, ha- that just wasn't going to happen. So I think she's done right. her and she's had some problems with some of their directors and whatnot, but I think she's done her job. 
but I think the perfect complement to that, right? Because Kathleen Kennedy can bring in all the other heavy hitters that you might need. Like right. you might be able to bring in a John Favreau. You might be able to bring in, even though John Favreau had worked with Dave Filoni, but you might be able to bring in all these other directors. Right. Uh, being able to do that, both in tandem, working together, it's just exciting for Star Wars. It's just good for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, 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 that's it. I was I was just like, I was on my soapbox, so I, I just needed to step off. <laughs> no, yeah, it's cool. Um yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely don't hate Kathleen Kennedy as much as some other people. I mean, the, the Star Wars fan base or, or portions of the fan base seem to just love just dragging her through the mud. Um, uh, I I I don't I don't consider her blameless personally. I do still take some issue with how she, and and it isn't really an issue with her because because I don't see her as a creative, which for sure I don't for know sure. good, um, but. But I don't see her as a creative, so I don't see her as you know making creative decisions. Um, though, uh, you know, like you said, there was some some weird things, you know, reports about things with directors and stuff. But um, but she is kind of it's kind of like the buck stops with her when it comes to like where Star Wars is going, and I think Star Wars is so it's really about the story. It, it, like it's it's about the story, so it's hard not to see her at fault when the story just kind of goes the way it goes and the way it did in episode nine, uh, where it's like, okay, like how does how did this happen? You know, and I know she is, you know, kind of making sure the movie and the whole blockbuster kind of effect works, but you know, you have to be in tune with the story on some to some degree, or she needs to delegate that to someone like Filoni, which she just did, which I think is great <laughs> but i think she should have done that before because this that's kind of how we got to where we are now no oh, for sure uh 100 there's not like not blame completely um you you could put her not completely at fault but you can definitely say that she that some of it is to blame and and if you know that you're not in touch with the story and i don't think she ever was but you recognize that it is important you get the right people around you who can handle the story and who can handle creative decisions. Um, and that's what having someone like Filoni and someone like Jon Favreau and, and you know, yes. that's, 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 that's going to help move things in the right direction. Um, well, we are talking, so we, we're talking about Filoni and we might as well go right into it. Um, so mm-hmm. we have the Bad Batch. Bad Batch premiered yes. on May the 4th. Um, with a 70-minute premiere, which was awesome. Oh, oh um, my God. That was awesome. And then followed up by that Friday, episode two, and every subsequent Friday. So as of as of right now, as of this recording, we are four episodes in. Um, and it, there's really... This is, this is the perfect extension to the Clone Wars while still feeling different in tone. Um, and I... I'm enjoying it, dude. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I love it so far. Uh, I'm loving every every minute of it. Um, I, I mean, it's it's like you said, it feels it, it has it definitely just has a Clone Wars feel to it. Of course, it has a Clone Wars animation um, and characters with the Bad Batch being in it. I love um, the Bad Batch. I know some people were lukewarm on the on the Bad Batch arc in the Clone Wars. 
I, it seemed like I liked it more than a lot of other people did. I thought it was really good. I was definitely um, on the lukewarm side. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love that arc. I, not as much as the last arc, obviously, but I, I did very much enjoy that arc. Um, and this series, to me, feels like just a, a further continuation and, and honestly like an expansion of that, but also linking in to like it, a, a specific period of time after directly after episode three where we learn more about the galaxy where the galaxy is at more about um the clones and tarkin and his role in phasing out the clones um and uh so so that kind of world building aspect of it i love there are there are very few other other pieces that fit in that spe- specific time space but i love that this is other this is adding on to that and it's actually an animation and i just i love that aspect of this and um we also have a new character uh omega or o- omega i guess it's, it's if she uh is if you want to pronounce it the way she wants you to but <laughs> uh but uh you have uh you have omega who is um a clone a female clone uh, so that is very interesting. There's a lot of theories going around about about Omega. Um, so I don't know. How, how do you feel about the new character that we got? I gotta say, I'm not put off by her. And, like, I actually really like her as a character. And why, why I lead it up by put off is that it could have been one of those situations where it's one of those younger characters that's always getting into trouble, that's always like, making things harder for our main heroes yeah, and characters, like, and just kind of... The one vibe. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, Very early Clone War, Clone Wars 2008 vibe. Um, But she hasn't been at all. She really had that situation in the in the second one, um, in the second episode when 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 they visited. um, Oh, man. See, this is where I draw blanks when I I have to recall names. Ugh. but when she gets involved in the she goes to explore where she's told not to. Yeah, fine. But after that, everything has kind of served the story and her purpose and, like, how important she is. Um, So any kind of, like, with the most recent episode, um, I think this is a weekly series and we are now five days away from its premiere, right? So we can talk about the episodes with spoilers. So spoilers, beware. Um, But, like, the most recent episode when we get Fennec Shan, right, and, and... Beautiful, wonderful, so happy to see that they took what was a throwaway character in season one of The Mandalorian, completely revitalized in season two, and then to see now this character's popularity grow, but her story to grow and her lore to grow. Um, And we're starting to see that Omega is so, she's so vital. There's something here. There's something, there's a story here. There's an underlying mystery that we're really only getting snippets of at a time Um, from the, from the Kaminoans. Um, talking about talking about her to to you know trying to get her and trying to kidnap her from the bounty hunters mm-hmm. eh, that's that's exciting so i've really loved her placement in the story overall um and oh i'm i'm one of those people and, and moving on from from omega i'm one of those people that's always been we've had enough exploring between three and four and four and five right like i i just i've always felt that we've had so much of the expanded material has focused on what we know, not what we know, but on eras that maybe not are fully explored because there's just so much, there's 20 years in between 19, but yeah, 
like I wanted to see before and I wanted to see after. Right? That was just me. And now that we've got that, though, and because this is right after number three, and we're, they're actually answering so many questions that yep. I hadn't that I had thought about and then some I hadn't even thought about and then some surprising connections I didn't anticipate I I'm really excited by this and I think it's 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 the only other thing that takes place right after Revenge of the Sith or right in, you know overlapping and right after is the Darth Vader comic yep. um yep. and so this is a relatively unexplored like this first year of the empire and how they phased out the cl- the clones and 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 everything um i've it's great it's it's just been it's been exciting to watch week to week because you know you're going to get something new um and i've i have fallen in love with the bad batch too as characters um all of them when i was lukewarm on them in the clone wars and their that first arc of season seven mm-hmm. okay well yeah i mean that's good to hear to me i mean I, i've loved them from the from the get-go uh, D. Bradley Baker, um, he he needs to get a raise. So I'm sure he's getting paid pen, paid plenty for. Hell yes, all- playing all those characters. He's playing basically everybody in the <laughs> in the show, uh, which is which has got to be a lot of fun for him. Though I'm sure. I was thinking about that. But, uh, is he just like get in the recording booth? Does he just get his other characters played back at him so he can respond to them? That's got to be that's got to be such a. I mean, by now he's used to it, but that's. I'm yeah. thinking that's gonna be such a weird feeling. I just keep hearing my yeah. voice played in different characters, and yeah, then probably, I'm responding to them. Yeah, there's definitely gonna be some episodes where it's like really just him, probably, where it's just like his voice, like the whole episode, with like very few exceptions. Um. So yeah, that's 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 really crazy. But um. Uh. But yeah, I mean, I I do love that it's taking place in this time period. I mean, there there aren't there really isn't. Um, as much in this specific time frame where it's right after Revenge of the Sith, uh, which is very exciting. Um, we're getting more Tarkin, which which I love more Tarkin. The more Tarkin I get, the better. Oh, um, and the voice actor is great. Yeah, he's a Like, if you're going to get anybody, the fact that you is can... Is he the same one that did uh, Rebels? He's Rebels. the same one that did Rebels, and he's the same one that did the voice work for Rogue One when they did the um, ah. CGI re, um, recreation of Peter Cushing. So okay. I, it's like impeccable. It sounds just like him. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he he does an amazing job. Um, so how do you feel about? Because uh, there was a, there was there wasn't a lot of hubbub about it, but some people and I noticed it immediately. Um, and my brother pointed it out when they showed it. How do you feel about them kind of, uh, kind of just editing the Canaan, the whole Canaan, um, kind of the, the Order sixty six scene um because in, in the Kanan the last padawan comic it doesn't go down the way it does in the show yeah uh, you know i i i i hate twitter um but i can't get off <laughs> uh i had i hadn't spoiled the exact moment but someone had tweeted out well they made it they made a change and then what's the point of having you know a story group in canon if you know you're going to contradict <laughs> yourself and i was like ah oh, crap what happened? Like, what am I about to watch later today after work? <laughs> so, I, I I started up the first episode. Right, they're escaping, and we see Depa Balaba, and we see yep. <laughs> um, Caleb Doom, Kane and Jarrus, and you're like, okay, this is definitely not the same planet. The planet didn't look <laughs> like this. Um, right. What's going on? And then you're like, okay, so now they run in with the Bad Batch. So yeah, 
it's definitely not the opening to the Kane and the Last Padawan comic at all. Um, I am not bothered by it whatsoever. Like, whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I think one, a couple reasons, and and you can disagree with me. Um, One, I just think with so much canon material, it's just going to happen somewhere. It's Mm -hmm. going to happen somewhere. I remember Christian Harloff talking about this on um, Collider Jedi Council, going back like two and a half, three years. And Mm -hmm. he was saying, oh, you know, there is, uh, there's just so much material. Like, I don't see how they're not going to have like separate levels of canon, right? And and some's going to be more important than less important, right? Because it's going to overlap and it's going to contradict. So we knew that was going to happen a bit. But this is... This is very minor. This is very minor. And as long as it stays minor, <laughs> because it doesn't really alter Caleb's or Kanan's arc at all for the rest of the comic. It really alters that first issue. Right. But outside of that, it really doesn't alter his feelings about anything. It doesn't alter who he's going to come into contact with later um, in both um, A New Dawn and the Kanan the Last Padawan comic. Um, right. It doesn't... So as long as it's not anything that is that, that is so contradictory to the point that it would cancel out an entire book, it's not a problem to me. And there was that one other instance. It's not exactly the same, but if you read the Ahsoka novel, um, the flashbacks that Ahsoka would have with the Darth Maul um, yeah. fight yeah. Are, slight, yeah. are, are slightly different than the way yeah. that it's portrayed in the show. Right. Um, but it doesn't take away from anything. So you're like, oh, okay, written at different times, blah, 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 this for that. Maybe they wanted to make this choice for whatever. As long yep. as it's not <laughs> completely contradicting it, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I don't have an, honestly, I don't have an issue with it at all. And, and, um, it's funny because my brother thought I, he thought I would have an issue. He's like, oh, they're changing stuff with it. And I'm just like, I, this, I don't, I really, you know, I mean, it, it's not like you said. It's not changing anything about Kanan that's like so massive, um, to the point where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is like really, all right. So this so Kanan's like totally different now. It's like no, he's 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 it's exactly the same. So, and it's basically the same situation. The Order sixty six happens. The master gets gunned down. He has to run away, you know, and and he runs away. And and another thing that kind of helps is I prefer this. <laughs> I prefer this scenario. So the Bad Batcher here, and he had to run away from like Hunter and Crosshair, and and, and Hunter kind of saved him. And and I'm just like, this is I actually like this more than the other one. So I feel like it serves the universe better, though. It does, right? It it when the Kanan comic comes out, one not as many people are going to read it, and not as many people have read it. And this thing came out what twenty. 16 right 2017 uh it was it was at the height of rebels so um i, I don't even remember it might have been it might have been earlier um so not many people are going to read it and so when you're setting up this situation it's really kind of a throwaway situation oh yep he's this jedi all right his master is gunned down he had to run pretty much like all the other jedi in padawan during order 66 but now right. because you've had the bad batch they have were introduced in the um, in the Clone Wars and season seven, which was highly successful, ridiculously successful. Everyone loves it. Then you have 
you have characters like Fennec Shan from The Mandalorian, right? So it's this, they want you to, they want to show you that it's this completely connected tapestry of stories. Like that everything's connected and this person could pop up here and that person could pop up there. And that's really what it should be, right? When you're creating a connected universe, it's very possible that, that it's people are coming around. So when you see a, a cameo like this from Caleb Doom, it gives both his story more meaning and it gives the Bad Batch more sto story more meaning. And it makes you more excited to be like, oh, did you did you see? That, that was that was Kanan. Like that, that was Caleb. That was he's from Rebels, yeah. right? I, mm -hmm. you you're not going to get that same feeling from a comic book. You're just not. It's it's even if you even if you and I went and picked up Kanan and and it said, "Oh, he saw the Bad Batch blah blah blah." We'd be like, "Oh, that's really cool." And we'd be like, "Oh, I really liked that reference." But for the rest of the world, like they're not going to care. It, the mm -hmm. amount of people who are yep. reading the book is nowhere near the amount of people that are watching the shows. So yeah. in my book it makes sense. And I feel like it was probably purposeful. Like, you know what, Greg Weissman, we don't want to completely contradict everything, um, and we're not going to. We just want to change up this bit so that we can, um, so that it can fit into our universe here in this animated universe and TV universe. But hey, we're keeping the feeling alive. Like everything he felt, everything the connection he had with his master, everything that happens after, it all still happens. We just want to, we want to fit this here. Is that good? Right. And it works. Exactly. And, and and not for nothing, but this is this is Filoni's character, you know. I mean, this is. I mean, he created Kanan. Uh, if anyone, yep, if yep, this yep. were J.J. Abrams, I may be like, okay. I mean, I I mean, I guess, but this is his character. So yeah, I, I fully don't, agree. I, I don't fully I don't agree. Have any issue? <laughs> okay, so we are. So we didn't. We we didn't. We didn't disagree at all. There you go. Today's not the day. Today's not the day where we disagree and and full out brawl. Um. So we have episode five this Friday. Um, which is awesome. There's another little... Uh, I could pick your brain now. I could pick your brain later. I'm going to do it now. Um, there is... And it's not going to be the same exact thing, but I liked seeing it. So we'll get into Victory's Price in a moment. Um, but one of the things in Victory's Price, one of the um, the, 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 uh, the driving forces is um, their search for this database, right, that contains all of the Imperial records um, and, right. uh, of everyone who has served in the military. And so you see, I feel like you see the beginnings of that. And though it's not military related necessarily, but with these chain codes in the Bad Batch and how everybody has to have it registered, right? And it's tied to you. And when it's tied to you, that means all of your travel, everywhere you live, everywhere you go, everything about you is completely like compiled into a database for the Empire. That's including military and non-military. Um so I think that kind of ties into that victory price thing. Maybe it probably wasn't intentional, but I feel like it's a really nice way to be like, yeah, you know, the military, the, the empire really did suck, man. They, they really were terrible. Um, and like they were keeping track of everything and everyone they wanted control. So uh, I thought that was cool. I don't know if, if, if you were making that connection at all. Maybe it's just me, just overactive mind. I don't know. No, I wasn't. But that's actually a really good point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. I mean, the chain codes, I mean, I was definitely seeing it as, you know, you know, the empire being the empire, I guess, being really scary and creepy and, and keeping track of everyone. Yep. Um, but it, de it definitely does could probably connect back to that. I don't know if they were thinking about that. They may have been, but, but that is, that's, that's a very good connection. That's true. 
Well, I, I'm, um, somebody should hire me over at um, Lucasfilm. <laughs> totally available. I will drop everything. Um, so we did. I did mention Victory's price, and so we'll move on from the TV side of things to the less, the less read, uh, and less less explored side of things, and that's the common. That's the it's the canon novels, um, and it's been a couple months. It came out in March. Um, I got through it really quick, and you took forever. It's okay oh, though. Boy. I'm not angry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, more than more than okay. It's more than okay because uh, sometimes I take ridiculously long on books. Um, but uh, Victory's Price was the long, you know, the long-awaited end to the trilogy of the uh, the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. Um, by uh, what? What is wrong with me? Please Alexander just Freed. thank you. Um, by by Alexander Freed. Um, I will, I'll, you know, we're, we're going to talk general. We won't get as, it's not going to be as much of a breakdown as it was, as we did for our Light of the Jedi and, and the, the, um, the, uh, uh, Jesus, I am, I am, I'm forgetting all of my words today. Uh, whatever. It's not going to be a full breakdown. Um, but I thought we can go over it and you finished it more recently. So why don't you, you, you go in and then you just ask me some questions. All right. Uh, sure. So, um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go too in depth either, but I can give kind of a, I guess, kind of go through generally, uh, you know, kind of just the, the, the plot and, and even just kind of the different character points that are hit in, uh, in throughout the book. So, I mean, it starts out, of course, you have, uh, Erica, there, there is it's kind of different settings. So Erica and, uh, Soren keys are with the empire um and uh erica is uh going is she's kind of you see her kind of re getting kind of reacclimated with her with her team uh which i i did enjoy that dynamic and her dynamic with soren keys uh throughout the book uh as well um and just soren keys in general i, I really like his character uh, i hope to see him more in other things even though um you know towards the end uh he doesn't he doesn't uh he doesn't have a very good ending but uh for him but um but he was i mean he was a great character um and uh uh so you know there of course with shadow wing you have uh, alphabet squadron is uh with they have to start out they tell you they show you that will is leading uh alphabet squadron um uh, and he is he basically is taking over Erica Quell's um, position. Of course, you have Nath. Um, you have uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, 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 Kairos, yeah, and then you have she's uh, uh, the who's the who's the last one? Yeah, why? What is uh, Chadic? Thank you, Chastin Chadic. Yes, Chast, yes, yes Chast. <laughs> All right, both of us today. Okay. Yeah, sheesh. Um, uh, but, um, but I feel like most of the, the book, it kind of feels like a, and it's really it's been like this throughout the entire trilogy. But it's a lot of kind of, a back and forth, the chase, kind of between Alphabet Squadron and Shadow Wing. Yeah, I, I'm then, with you. And kind of preventing, trying to prevent more, kind of Operation Cinder, uh. Uh, planetary kind of disasters um 
Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm I'm a little fuzzy on just the specific the specific details outside of the end, which I don't want to just skip to. Yeah, Even no, that's. Good. I think we can. Uh, I think yeah. right there is fine. Like our general yeah. feelings. So yeah, you brought up general. that. Yeah. You brought up that. Um, that kind of back and forth. Uh, with with yep. Shadow Squadron and Alphabet Squadron and and the rebel the alliance you know the New Republic fleet, I mean trying to prevent any further Operation Cinder Operation Cinder like issues and and events, um, it's kind of what has bothered me since the first one, and that is the it has felt very overstuffed and back and forth, that when you are and and that's not to say that the character moments and the individual moments themselves haven't been exhilarating or exciting or or just well written um but it feels like there was just so much back and forth constantly that when you're like really recapping what happens not that much happens right like when, when you just like big plot points and you're like oh yep together yeah not together they fought once they left because there's always like two major battles in each book um and then Mm -hmm. they go their separate ways they figure things out big showdown that's how it goes um and my problem with the second one was that it was so overstuffed and it was just kind of plodding along um that that once they broke up the characters and they kept these things going and going and going and going that it kind of overstayed its welcome um in the third one, I thought the character, like the character stuff, was stronger, um, but there was still that back and forth that happens throughout much of the book. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you say back and forth, do you mean specifically with regards to them engaging Shadow Wing and then leaving and then engaging them again? I think it's yeah, it's both that, and then also just. I said the character work I thought was better, but also the character, like, uh, feelings and conflictions um, felt like they kind of resurfaced again from the last book. Again, I liked it better, but there are certain characters that I thought, like, their story had finished in the second one. Um, And that's someone like Will Lark, um, and that's someone like Nath Tenson, who really, like, Nath coming into his leadership role, and then Will also coming into this leadership role. And then by the third one, Will's entire thing was, oh, I think I'm done. Right. Like like that was that was the basis. And I like him as a character um, and I loved his interactions with everyone and the, the feud him and Nath were having. But it just felt by that time it was just like, uh, all right. So we're watching these guys go back and forth with each other and then back and forth with shadowing. And it's just it didn't feel like it was moving along very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely understand that. I. I don't know. I, I didn't take as much of an issue with that, though. I think the the relationship between Will and Nath probably was one of my least favorite in this book. Um, I like that relationship better in the last one, actually. Uh, in Shadowfall. In, in, yeah. Shadowfall? Okay. As they're figuring out how to work together, Nath takes like this mentor role. And, like, no, it's your turn to lead, but here, I'll, like, nudge, nudge, help you out a bit, like, this is what should be done. Whereas that relation completely switched in this one, and they were just cold towards each other because they were both harboring feelings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't. I I didn't love that, uh, personally. It didn't seem like a natural progression to me. 
it seemed like it seemed kind of pushed into the story. I didn't get I didn't get the sense that that's where things were going in the last book. So I don't know. So that kind of came out of nowhere for me personally, or at least I didn't think it had to. It, it definitely didn't have to go that way. So I was kind of like, eh, all right. But I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, I did. Uh, it, I very much enjoyed Erica Quell's storyline throughout. Yes. I think all three books. Yes, yes, yes. Story, I agree. Her storyline. Um, I think um, I like that Hera was in this book more. Um, I also agree. Uh, so I, I very much enjoyed her role. Um, I love that she was leading them from a like repurposed Star Destroyer. Uh, so I don't know. I just I just like that kind of image, that kind of setting. Is very is very is it, it it gives definitely gives you like a wartime feel. Like yeah, we're taking this ship that you guys have and we're just gonna use it because we can. <laughs> you know, it's like. Like I just that's very tactical. I think that that's really cool. Um, and uh, I also uh, I, I like Chas's story. I was not. I'm hearing a butt. Story. I'm hearing a butt. I I was not loving the whole cult angle that they started in the last book. Same. And they didn't they didn't go as as deep into it in this one, which I enjoyed. Um, but I just I don't get it. You know, I, it's very out of place. You, you mean you haven't been part of a cult? You can't understand what she's going through? <laughs> it's, it seems really out of place. Like It does. I didn't, I didn't know does. that, you know, like a cult was something that we were going to. And mind you, it can, it, pro- it can and probably does exist somewhere in the Star Wars universe. So I'm not saying it can't exist. Yeah, for sure. It's like any any it's like it's like any yeah. universe, any planet. Yes, you know, so there's going to be a cult somewhere, but it's like I probably didn't need this as a major storyline uh, for this character. It was explored a lot in the last book, and it was to me, it was definitely a weak link uh, in the last book in terms of the different storylines that were being explored. Um, but they didn't harp on it nearly as much in this one, which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> so I enjoyed the character more. And... Um, uh, and I enjoyed Soaring Keys, which I kind of mentioned already, but I, I thought he he had a wonderful role as well in the book. I think Soaring Keys was one of my favorites of the book, and between yeah. between both Shadowfall and this one, yeah, um, he's one of my favorite characters. Um, and I yeah. think he probably he probably goes up there in terms of my favorite like Imperial characters ever, um, I... just because he's not part of the machine, like. Yes. He he's looking out for for shadow, for shadowing, and he is looking out for his crew, and he's wanna he wants to make sure that they see the other side of this war, that like there's something else for them, um, and even if they have to be in it, so that at least they feel purpose, and at least they 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 feel like they're doing something, um, and I think that that was just an angle we haven't seen, we've seen imperial defectors, we've seen imperial stalwarts, but we haven't seen someone that is like imperial. But with reservations and ties to their people, and like that's what's driving them and keeping them going. Um, yeah. So I think that was great. And then the biggest relationship I think in the book that that was so well done, and I ate up every single every single scene that they had together, um, and that was Soren Keys and Erica Quell. Um, I think from when Erica, because at the end of Shadowfall, she kind of 
you know, enmeshes herself back in with Shadowing to get on their good graces so that she can try to take them down from the inside um, and help out the New Republic. Um, but one, when she learns that she's kind of starting to feel for her old Shadowing squadron again, um, and yep. she's actually, like, she realizes and she missed some of them. And then every time the two of them talked, there was just this, like, philosophical conversation going on in this the state of the universe and what's what's good what's bad and it was just engaging it was just so engaging to listen to um and read because i i i i was both audio booking and physical booking this um and i was kind of going back and forth as i was like um cycling through chapters so that was that was something that i really really loved um because i am someone who likes when when we are not just this pew, 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 pew. No, let's like take time to, to ask these questions. And that's also something I liked with the Hera dynamic and and having her in the book so much because she serves as this perfect perfect um, character to, to, to kind of stand against the rest of Alphabet Squadron and really kind of question things. And not, not their place, obviously, because she's super dedicated to the New Republic, but just kind of about everything going on and the ethics of it. Um, and so whenever Sierra, Erica Quell and Soren Keys were together, I was, I just, I, I ate that up. Um, and that, that, that kind of like, that's what kind of brings me through the whole book, right? So that's, it, it's that whole back and forth then, and this will take us to the end that we can kind of, kind of jump to. There's that whole back and forth, um, with Shadow Wing and Alphabet Squadron, da, 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 Erica Quell and their former, former squad mates and blah, blah, blah. It kind of ends right, like it all builds up to the Battle of Jakku, right? And yes. and which which makes sense, right? It's the Empire's last stand. That was the Empire's last stand, and Empire's end in in um, um in in everything. Like that's that's become the new. It's not it's not the Battle of Endor. It's the Battle of Jakku. Um yep. and and I've I've liked most of the material that has explored it so far. Uh, so so you have the main fight is at Battle of Jakku. You have your main Shadow Wing. And main Alphabet Squadron members, uh, Will, Chas, well, Will's like on the ship and there's a whole thing, but Chas and Nath and Hera and then you have Shadow Wang. And then the other big thing, right, the other motivating factor in this book is Soren Keys wants to destroy the place where, as we were mentioning earlier, the chain code type thing for military personnel in the Empire is held, right? And that's, you get those revelations about Operation Cinder and what those... Um, those yep. android emperor type things are um, and so that was and that's where Erica and Soren Keys kind of come their their entire journey comes to a head and this is where I think the book did succeed like really well um, this wrapping it all up um, aspect. yeah the, the final act is is fantastic yeah um, I think I think it, it is done really well um I mean everything from the Battle of Jakku, which I thought was done really well. I mean he writes battles like wonderfully. Um, yes, he does. Yeah, so I mean the Battle of Jakku was. I mean he wrote it in a in a way that was like, wow, yeah, this is like a massive uh, battle, <laughs> you know. And I was like, yeah, this is wow. And Hera plays such a big role. Um, so so yeah, that was really cool. Um, and then, like you said, the the kind of fight on Coruscant, which is uh, just like we had like an actual Coruscant. Like, I'm so happy that like they actually <laughs> went to Coruscant. It feels like everyone's avoiding Coruscant. I know since the prequels, I, and I I, we, I don't get it. Coruscant? 
for right? a second. Like, well, I mean, Coruscant you. is Coruscant. <laughs> I don't know. Am I the only one who just loves everything about it? Like that whole, maybe it's from, from New York. And so like seeing a giant <laughs> metropolis and it, for an entire planet just has me excited. Yeah. Right. I know. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, how do you, like, how do you not love Coruscant? So I, I'm so glad uh, they had that, that fight on Coruscant where they're, going up against the ties and then each other and then Cairo shows up uh to to kind of save the day and um boy yeah that was it was just it was really well done very emotional uh towards the end with Soren Keys and um it was just, it was it was just really well done i mean i can't really the whole kind of last um third of the book really almost was really just that entire sequence mm-hmm. um and it was really, really, really good. <laughs> I was very impressed from it everything was. from the different, the different um, parts of the Battle of Jakku to where they were they were kind of using that that technology where they can cloud the uh, the Star Destroyer um, in that like not mist but like that stuff where like you couldn't really detect it and it was hard to like see what was going on around it and Hera found that out and, like really quickly, which I thought was really cool. It was like the whole thing was like just really, really, really well done. Um, so, yeah, and I, I liked the rest of the book too. Honestly, I thought the whole book really was was very good. And then at, towards the end, of course, we have the kind of epilogue uh, sequence where uh, Erica is with Chas now, which is interesting. Um, and then you have uh, Will, who is. Um, I mean, he's wasn't he like a politician? Is that what they had him doing? He was like a senator or something, right? Like an is and senator or ambassador? Yeah. To his home world. Yeah, for his planet. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm forgetting the name of of the planet too. Yeah, I, I don't remember the name. Uh, um, but but yeah, that was I didn't see that coming. So I thought that was an interesting twist. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just I love how how kind of almost not broken, but just how how Erica is just so she's so like shaken up by what happened and how she just wants to just just like forget all of it. Um and how she was she was actually rewarded or she found out from Hera that she was rewarded and she was given a medal um for what she did and she felt like she didn't deserve it. And I was just like, oh yeah, this is this is like this is like top shelf uh stuff right here. This is that psycho like psychological trauma stuff that just yep. It, it endlessly intrigues and fascinates me. Um, never mind the fact that I went into psychology and all that garbage. Like that's just that endlessly intrigues me. Um, and I think that's what the series did so well. It's getting in her head, and the the com- the conflict going on within her, um, and that that push and pull towards not even just what's right, not what's good or bad, but what's right or wrong. Um, and that's, and, and what's right or wrong for the situation you're in, right? Not, not even just like the overall, oh, I got to do this because the universe depends on it, but no, like for where I'm at in this moment and, and who it's going to benefit and who it's going to hurt. Um, that was just awesome to see. And then to see, um, that she really did feel a connection with Alphabet Squadron, but still not feeling like she's been absolved of anything. Um, and, and feeling like she's still, there's still a lot that she's holding. And so it it's it's nice to see the book as much as I like these characters. I always like when things aren't peachy, 
at the end because that's life and life is not not everything is sunshine and rainbows when all is said and done right so um i like that there is still this conflict within her and that these characters aren't all perfect and all you know rosy going forward um so now that we've we've had the trilogy as a whole the alphabet squadron trilogy and that is alphabet squadron proper shadowfall and um victory's price what are your overall like thoughts on on the trilogy do you think it it was good um would you recommend it uh i thought it was very good uh i would say very good probably short of great i think i think um I think Shadowfall is the weak link for me, even though I didn't dislike Shadowfall. I, de- I think it's definitely kind of a weak link compared to the first book and then the third book. Um, I thought the first book did a great job of kind of setting up them and their relationship and them coming together as a team, and it worked really well um, uh, for me. Um, I thought the third book did a great job of kind of tying everything up with the with a with a bow and just that last battle was fantastic and you had a, also you had a lot of stuff with kairos which was pretty cool with, with her kind of issues with her with her how she she was like in a shell and all that um uh but but yeah just how they how they kind of wrapped everything up i thought it just it fit very neatly and well um the middle has got a little bumpy with some of the chas stuff where i was kind of like, All right, what are we doing here and they were kind of they were like split up for a good part of the book a shadowfall and they just were not together and they were kind of going off and doing different things. And they killed, um, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. Their 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 former like leader, or the guy that was the agent. Um, no, I'm 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 drawing a blank too. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but they uh, killed him. Yeah. Um, I, but they but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So they killed. Yeah, this is gonna kill me. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna look it up once I'm done. But but they killed him and. Uh, I, that it, I guess it served its purpose and he was referenced a few times in, 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 uh, in victory's price. Um, but, uh, Karen, I he, Karen Aiden, Karen Aiden. Yes. Yes. They killed Karen. Aiden. Ha-ha. There you go. And, um, uh, so which that shocked me, honestly, a lot in Shadowfall. I didn't see it coming it was a twist. I did not see coming. Um, but you know, I'd say his presence, I think, was was missed a little bit. I, 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 he was one of my favorite characters, so I think I feel like he could have added a lot to the last book as well. But overall, I'd say it was very good. I mean, I, I mean, if I had to give it a grade out of out of out of ten, I'd probably give the trilogy as a whole an eight out of ten. I thought I thought it was very good, personally. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty much in in line with you. If I had to if I had to give it a grade, um, it would probably be like seven and a half. Um, so close to yours. I think that first yep. book is such a knockout for me, right? That yep. I love. Can I that Alphabet Squadron and goes, you know, that goes in my top ten um, right. when we were talking about canon novels. So I, I love that one so much, and yeah, I think Shadowfall is the weak link, um, and I think it just the different directions that it took with the characters when it split them up just didn't work for everyone. Um, as much as I loved Erica's Erica's journey with with ITO and Karen, I thought it was drawn out a little bit too much. I didn't love the Chas cult aspect like you didn't. Um, I did enjoy Will and Nath's uh, leadership kind of bump um, and that journey they took in Shadowfall. But it was the weak link. Um, no, by no means bad, right? Like I've yet to I've yet to right. read a bad Star Wars canon novel since the new since Disney took over, which is a great thing. 
Um, right. Some I like more than others. Some I'm like lukewarm on. But I've yet to read one that I'm like, wow, this is this is horrendous. No. Um, so right. even even as we say weak link, it's not it's it is not bad or hard to read. Um, right. I I would say the the actually my my least favorite. Um, of, any, of any of the canon novels is probably like aftermath that first book um but but mm. the um okay. but i think victory's price follows up shadowfall with like a really great way to round out the trilogy all right the characters are brought back together um and more than that the characters most of their journeys feel feel like this was the right direction they lessened the chas cult stuff the erica stuff was just as strong um, and you had Soren Keys, who was who was this great character, um, who's top ten imperial for me. Um, so and and it culminates in a great battle and a back and forth that's both classic Star Wars, but also expands the lore between the Battle of Jakku and the Empire itself. Um, yeah. And 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 then it doesn't end cheeky, which it doesn't end all perfect, which I think is actually a selling point um, for a book and for a series because it's like as much I. Love the original trilogy, right? Like George Lucas, masterpieces that are A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. But the idea that at Return of the Jedi everything was just perfect, and they were all singing, you know, they were all singing together in the, at the uh, in um, on Endor with the Ewoks, and everything was good after. Like, no, I, mm. it, it wasn't. That's not how it goes. So from from this showing that that fallout um, to to the the fallout of the characters for Alphabet Squadron. Um, I liked it. So if I have to, I would recommend it. I'm um, definitely, definitely recommend it more to those who are Alexander Freed fans to begin with, right? Because that, mm-hmm. that whole action and, and battle aspect is something that he does so well. The yeah. Twilight Company um, novel, um, the Rogue One uh, novelization. Yeah. So yeah. he, he, he gets that. So if you like that kind of stuff, if you like the more, the more pew pew in the Star Wars and less of the, the fourth and mystical nature um, then this is the kind of stuff. It's more military based, and you would like that. So I can I can recommend this, and I can say I I was ultimately pleased with the trilogy, though it never matched the highs of the first one. I was ultimately pleased. Um, so we, we uh, should do we should do a, uh, at some point we should do a top ten like Imperials. Oh yes, yes we should. Yes we should. All right, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write this down right now because I I will forget the second I move, <laughs> the second I move from this from this from this chair I will completely forget and be like oh what did he say we should do <laughs> oh well probably not that important no it totally important so top ten Imperials we should just do a couple I think I feel you know what be instead of doing these instead of waiting for big things to talk about we should probably just do a couple top ten episodes um, oh yeah, in between I think that would be a good way to kind of tie things together and bridge while we're waiting for like high Republic novels to come out and whatnot for us to finish them. Um, yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, I wrote that down. I will remember that. Um, so that that's, we talked about victory's price. I'm glad we both, we both pretty much agreed again. Um, real quick before we get to kind of everything that might be coming out over the next month and over the next two months, really. Um, you've been reading the, the latest Thrawn novel, and I do not read any of the Thrawn novels. I did not read any of the expanded material, um, and I did not. I have not read any of the new stuff that Timothy Zahn has put out. So, how are you liking that? Uh, so well. Uh, first of all, I didn't know you never read any Thrawn novels. Oh yeah, none ever. None whatsoever. No. Wow. Okay. I I read the 
adapt the the graphic novel adaptation of the first Thrawn book, right? So the okay. um the okay. one that yeah, they so did that's... um so I guess yeah. yeah, and I was on the I was on the high of Rebels and his season three appearance, um yeah. so that I was like ah oh, all right let me I want to know the story, I have I have the book, geez Louise it's sitting both Thrawn and Thrawn alliances are sitting on my shelf I'm looking at them right now, and so it's kind of a disgrace that I haven't picked them up, um, but right. yeah I have really outside of the, um outside of the the comic i haven't really i don't have any, any exposure they didn't follow up that comic with an adaptation of the other books and i definitely don't know anything about his time in the ascendancy um so okay. that, yes. so that you are the full master on that i know nothing so please educate okay yes absolutely so so the um so the thrawn ascendancy uh book it kind of follows up um, so, so I'm, the one I'm reading now is Thrawn Ascendancy Greater Good. So this is following the first Thrawn Ascendancy book, um, which both are prequels to everything that happened in the first trilogy, the first canon trilogy. Um, so, uh, I'll, I guess just to start, I can give a kind of a summary of what Thrawn Ascendancy is, it's kind of just the setting of it. Um, so it takes place. Uh, like I said, pre, pre, um, uh, pre Thrawn being a part of the Empire, um, and uh, it's it takes place kind of in, in the in the prequel era, basically, because um, uh, there are with prequel characters. I'm not going to go too in depth with that, but uh, but it, so it kind of tells you when it takes place, and um, so kind of around like the Clone Wars, the time of the Clone Wars, and. Uh, in terms of just kind of to kind of give a general sense, because I don't want to go too in depth with what's what happens in the story, it is um, I would say the, these books are very good if you are into um, if you're into space battles, uh, which I'm sure you know since you read the you got you went through the the graphic novel, um, and they go into that in the in the first novel. There's a lot of kind of relationship building with him and Eli Vanto in the first. Uh, novel though he doesn't he's not in the in the, the Thrawn Ascendancy book but there's a lot of like similar kind of kind of um, uh, there's a lot of politics I guess just pr is probably the, the most basic way to put it uh, really any of the Thrawn content if you didn't like the prequels if you didn't like anything having to do with rank and politics and kind of power Inter power kind of power plays and and things like that. If you're not into that, you won't like Thrawn. Um, See, that's so where that, I think people yeah. the prequels kind of failed was the political side of things. So while I found it interesting, the actual presentation of the politics, right, in the prequels just wasn't as engaging as it could have been. Because when politics is done right in Star Wars, it is done right and it is super oh, yeah. engaging. Um, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you, if, if I'm assuming I haven't read it, but if you're just looking at the prequels as like the only example of Star Wars politics, please, please implore you. There's it, 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 it's better in the books. It is, yeah, it's much better, and and the and the politics um, of the I would say the Thrawn ascendancy. You, I would say it's a it's kind of a, a like a blend between. Star Wars 
with of course your captains, your ranks and stuff like that. And um Game of Thrones a bit because uh, it's like the houses. Yeah, like, I, I I remember I remember I was going to jump into the Thrawn to the first ascendancy book and it was like I saw all the houses like am I just going to be super overwhelmed? Uh it's not that overwhelming, honestly. Um there are there are houses, but there's there's a few there's just there's really just like a few that you really need to keep track of. So so it really isn't overwhelming. But there is that element to it and it does serve an important purpose um in terms of Thrawn and him in the ascendancy. I'm not going to go too in depth with with what happens, but Thrawn is not liked in the ascendancy, similar to how he's not liked in the empire, which I love personally. I love that dynamic that I, I do like that also. In the ascendancy, they don't even they don't like him. They're like, this guy, why is he so smart? Why is he able to do so much? He's just some nobody. You know, like, why why is he able to do all of this? And they spend so much energy trying to, like, politically eliminate him. And, it, and they're not able to. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. So I love that aspect of these books. It's a lot of space battles. Um, a lot of tactics. Because it's Thrawn. So it's a lot of tactics, a lot of space battles, a lot of aliens, um, which you see that in the Thrawn novels, the, the trilogy of novels, the canon novels as well. A lot of like weird alien creatures. You don't know what they want, but they're here and they have their spaceships and they're making threats and doing things that you don't like. So there's a lot of Thrawn in, in the Ascendancy battling. A lot, there's other characters, too. I don't want to spoil. Um, there are other Ascendancy characters that I very much enjoy. Who are other characters who I appear in something else because uh, they're very good. But there's other like admirals and other characters that are just really. I'm sorry, I really like this character a lot. They're they're Thrawn esque. They're but they're not Thrawn, and they're different from Thrawn because Thrawn's kind of robotic at times, um, kind of like a Sherlock Holmes. Or I think he's like loosely based off of Sherlock Holmes. But but. So Thrawn's kind of like a robot, but there are other characters that are also tacticians in the in the Chiss Ascendancy, but they're not like Thrawn in that that's all they know. So it's and there's also an element of of mysticism. There's a little bit of mysticism in it. Uh, because the Chiss children have kind of mystical like abilities. Um, I'm not gonna go too in depth with that, but there's an element of that that's mixed in there as well. Um so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in it. It's it's I'm really digging these Thrawn books a lot. I actually like these the I like the first Thrawn Ascendancy book more than I like the second and the third original Thrawn novel. Um so yeah, the so first, what that's at Alliances and Treason, right? Alliances and Treason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say it's probably on par with the first Thrawn book, which I love. The there's the Thrawn Star Wars but- Thrawn. I feel like this was, and Timothy Zahn knows this character like no other, right? He's <laughs> been writing this for the better part of a few decades. Um, yeah. His character. So I feel like Ascendancy was his chance to not be have not have to be tied down by like canon references or connections with other characters, like with Alliance yeah. and Treason. Like this is, yes. you want to build your character from like the ground up, like everything that they were, everything they were a part of, everything that he, he, everything he did before the empire, go full blast. Like just yeah. do you, 
and he was given that complete reign. So I could see how that is that's how that's exciting. How that makes for a more enjoyable story that doesn't have to rely on anything else. Yeah, it really doesn't. It doesn't rely on anything else. It's it's literally there's like there's like barely any references to other anything Star Wars that we know about. <laughs> uh, so it's all just Thrawn and the Chiss ascendancy and them trying to thrive in the inner inner politics of the Chiss ascendancy. That's it. But it's still fantastic. Um, so it, it's great. I love it. The first book is really good. This one so far is really good um, as well. It, it seems like it's going to be just as good, if not better. So I'm I'm loving these books. The yeah. other ones are good too. Um, alliances and treason are not as good. I th- I would say though I don't want to dissuade you from reading them. I still think they're they're worth reading for sure. They're not quite as good as the first Thrawn novel. I think they progressively get worse, if I'm being completely honest. But they're all still really good, in my opinion. Like we were saying, there are no real, like, bad, bad Star Wars yeah. books. Yeah, none of them are bad. That are unreadable. Right? Yeah. Like, that you would get in and be like, oh, nope. Um, see, I feel like that... I feel like for some fans, um, I feel like Thrawn is going to be very much a niche category. Right? A niche category. Like, oh. this, it's not... It's not something that even most Star Wars fans would gravitate toward, and then especially just mainstream fans, because it's so disconnected, at least the Ascendancy books, because it's so disconnected from the rest of Star Wars, so that there aren't these characters you know, these aren't these situations you know, that this really is so original and so different. Um, But I think that's also exciting, because Star Wars isn't isn't just about the, the Empire and the Rebellion and the Skywalkers. Right, Star Wars is so much more than that. Right, it's it's so much bigger than that. So that it's exciting that you get this entire aspect um, explored yep. fully, um, which is cool. Which is really really cool. I I'm not making any promises. I probably won't get to it. I'm just gonna be honest. But um, I'm 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 endlessly entertained to listen to you talk about it. And so I will learn through you. I'm gonna live vicariously through you, Shamari. I'm just gonna live through you. All right, maybe one of these days I'll convince you to I'll convince you to uh to to, to pick it up. Uh, that, that that'd be nice. I wouldn't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> um, yeah. that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're enjoying that. Um, we can kind of so that's basically the big stuff we were going to talk about um today, and that that went about as long as I uh I I imagined it would. Um, and we didn't even really get into everything that we could have talked about with each of with both the Bad Batch and every we could have broken down each episode because there's so much in there. Um, and then with Victory's Price also, we could have broken down like each act if we wanted to because there's so much in there. Um, but you talked about Thrawn Ascendancy. There is another Thrawn, Ascend- Thrawn Ascendancy novel coming out this year, um, and that's Lesser Evil, and that's in November. Um, so we won't be talking about that anytime soon. But I thought we tie it in as I kind of go over. The stuff we're looking into that we have coming up in the next few months um, that you'll definitely hear us talk about, Shamari and I, um, but we'll definitely, not immediately, it's going to be a bit, but it's probably going to be the big stuff that's coming out. The High Republic second phase kicks off, uh, so you have the comic, the next issue of the comic coming out at the end of June that's going to coincide with the release of the first two novels, and that is the full adult novel by Kevin Scott, The High Republic, The Rising Storm, um, which I'm very excited for because I loved Light of the Jedi as as we have talked about ceaselessly. Yep. Um, 
that same day, you have the High Republic race to Crash Point Tower, which is the, I'm sorry, which is the, um, the middle grade novel by Daniel Jose Older. Uh, Test of Courage was such a surprise for me and how much I ended up really enjoying that focused small book that, that mm-hmm. I am, I'm excited. And I like Daniel Jose Older too. Um, and though it's not the most yes. memorable of books, I did enjoy, um, um, see, see, I told you, not the most memorable, but his his Han Solo book that took place two years after. Uh, um, is that Return of the no, Jedi? It's not, it's not Smuggler's Run, right? No, no, Smuggler's Run was good too, though. Um, um, yeah, see, I, I don't remember. Long shot, as you know, long shot, long shot. Oh, it's long shot. Okay. Is it long shot? See, I'm over here hyping a book, and I can't even remember the name of it. <laughs> there's, too, there's so many. There uh, are so many, and it it is not called Long Shot. But you know what? That's okay. It's the his his work is good and he has a great he does have a um a a, a pretty good um hold on this universe. So I'm excited to see what he does. Oh, it's last shot. That's that's what's last cool. shot. I'm clo- I was close, man. Long shot. Last <laughs> shot. It's gonna sound like I don't care about this stuff. I totally do. But that would that, cut me some slack. Um, and then in July, of course, you still have the comics that are continuing. But we also have the High Republic out of the shadows. By um, by Justina Ireland, who did a great job um, again on a test of courage, and who's taken that those characters and the characters from, uh, f- well, at least um, one of the characters from Claudia Gray's Into the Dark, so that'll be exciting. And and as they build this universe going forward, I re- I'm actually really happy we had that like year long delay. Like I'm not happy why we had a delay. COVID, no, not not obviously not good um (laughs) but i think the delay has allowed them to kind of put things out in a phase approach that they want and get things ready so far ahead of time to make sure it's all perfect um which is which is great uh and then of course we have tempest runner which is the audiobook about mark young row's most trusted um well tempest runner and that's lorna d uh and then ha and then we have queen's hope which is that continue of um was that ek johnson's uh um padme Yes. Um, yes. Series, which is I have not read, but you have. So another instance yeah. where I let you talk, and and I just go, yeah, that I should get to that, and I won't. Um, and then of course, as I mentioned up front, the Thrawn Ascendancy, lesser evil novel at the end of the year, in November. So not not in the, um, not in the summer, but as well as we have the September book, the um. The manga being written by Justine Ireland and, and um, I'm this is gonna sound horrible, but I, I forgot I forgot the other creatives involved. Um, but that's also set in the High Republic era, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, man, this was this was a packed show. I'm really I'm really glad after a month and a half, pretty much, that we got to talk about everything. We got and and we're gonna have a ton to talk about coming up soon. So we're gonna definitely have to figure out like a, a schedule and schedule some of these uh, smaller episodes to do in between time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's so many, so many books coming out, so it's really exciting. Um, so, so we will hopefully have another episode out soon. Um, we'll definitely try to get to the top ten Imperials, um, and maybe do a couple things like that. Uh, you know, top ten Jedi, top ten um, Repub, you know, Rebels, and and that'll be cool. And we'll try to choose from the more obscure characters, uh, so we can we can do some some teaching as well. That would be really cool. Um, Shamari, again, like I said, I'm so glad we did this. Where can people find you, dude? Uh, you can find me. Uh, so, you, of course, you can find me personally on 
um, on my social medias. I'm on Snapchat and Instagram at mcsham22. You can also find, you can also check out my podcast as well, the Imperial Broadcast. Uh, as part of the New Generation Podcast Network, which you can find that on anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, and uh, you can uh, also, uh, also also do other uh, shows on the on that uh, network as well. So we have a superhero podcast called New Generation Hero Talk. That's NU Generation as well. So definitely check that stuff out. It's really cool. Um, yeah, not just me endorsing, uh, and but but it is really good stuff that they're putting out. Um, that him that that you. that you and your brothers are putting out it's awesome um and there's always something going on in like the superhero world and the sports and everything so you guys have ton- constantly a content to talk about um which is cool um this is this again this has been geeking out over star wars you can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are available that is apple that is uh apple Podcasts. that's amazon music that is spotify um so if you like what you hear, you please like, comment, subscribe, follow, whatever you do to get your podcast, please do. We super appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.